and welcome to Podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm Jordan Haas, and this is probably the worst episode of the podcast so far. So much so, I'm really thinking about just ending the show altogether after this. Well, that's not true. I have a Game of the Year uh, list I've already recorded, and I'll put up next week. I could have just put that up now, but it's not Christmas time yet. And welcome to a podcast, Jordan Haas. Uh, usually, we would be doing something written with this and pair it up and it'll be fun but not this week no 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 the gods that be just say hey jordan go fuck yourself so now this is going to be a rambly episode this is going to be kind of like when you're watching a twitch stream and you're just finally now hearing what the guy is saying instead of the video game that they're playing so here i'm gonna just pretend i'm playing a video game so that way you can hey what the fuck yeah whoa what up so, first things first, no. Microsoft still has not had my account back uh, because I was hacked. Uh, Skype uh, credits illegally purchased on my credit card. You tell Microsoft that. They put a, they stop, they refund your money, which is great. And then they freeze your account. And then you just have to wait to get your account back. But in the meantime, uh, you can't play Xbox or Xbox Game Pass. Uh, you can't save things on your OneDrive, and that includes writing for the show. So you use Google Docs. You use Google Docs. It's like you're in college all over again. You can't afford Microsoft Word. We've all been there. And you know what happens? The fucking power goes out. The rain hits, and you lose your power. Then, when the power comes back, system maintenance happens. So the, guess what? The internet is out, which means you can write as much as you want. It's not going to get saved. And to make matters worse, the internet and the TV is out. So if your whole kind of thing that you love to do here is talk about television shows and play video games, kind of fucking tough to talk game shows with no access to a TV and kind of tough to talk video games when Xbox Game Pass says, uh, we don't know if this is you yet, please send them form. And when you send the form, they haven't responded to you in over a month. It's, it's so frustrating and so annoying in many, many ways. Mix this with the fact Twitter's going under and you're trying to find that next social media thing but you're not, you're not a good dancer for TikTok. So your only vessel is a podcast. So what are you going to talk about on your said podcast? What's your gimmick of the podcast that you're going to do? You do nothing. I'm doing absolutely nothing. I, I, what games? What's my loop? What's the YouTube wormhole this week, Jordan? I don't fucking know. The internet was throttling so hard. I had to use the Verizon mobile internet as a hotspot just to kind of watch Saturday Night Live with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and the out of sync monologue made me think my internet sucks. And it could have been. It's a Verizon hotspot. Turns out it wasn't. It was actually really good internet. But I'm digressing here. This has been one of the, I'm not going to say worst weeks, but I have been sleep deprived for most of it. And I would like to sleep. And I got some sleep. I, but now it went from sleep to just frustration and anger because all I have right now written down is a review of Barmageddon. And even then, 
it, I, it's what the hell you want me to say about this show? I'm going to save that for the Patreon segment, which is also going to be very cheap. There's no news. Like, usually everything's out is sorted out and have everything planned out almost a week ahead. So I'm all caught up. And this is one of those cases of I have nothing prepared for this week. Throw out the script and there's nothing to talk about. What do you want me to talk about this week? Elon Musk sucking ass? Yes. He's always sucked ass. He's always sucked ass. He sucked at PayPal. He sucked at SpaceX. He sucks at Tesla. He didn't create any of these things. He doesn't make rockets. He's a salesperson. He's a Trump-type businessman, where he's a face and wants to be seen as the face, but has no innovation and no things. He thinks he's Steve Jobs, but Steve Jobs at least knows commitment and knows how to, how you know, like, boss people around and be a good... No, he thinks bossing people around saying, hey, Work from home? Go away. Go go sleep on this couch in this Twitter headquarters. And while you're sleeping on this couch, I'm going to go head on over to Dave Chappelle's stand-up comedy show and wave to the crowd and then get booed by a bunch of people because maybe, I don't know, San Francisco is a very gay-friendly city and you're saying all this sh these shitty pronoun jokes straight out of Gutfeld. You might as well say cancel, cancel culture while you're at it. Go through the whole roly, uh, Rolodex of shit conservative jokes. Well, there's more than... There's only two genders. What else you're going to fucking do? And he gets booed out. And it, it, it should have been the nail in the coffin of, hey, guys, maybe you shouldn't realize Elon Musk sucks ass, but there's still the bootlickers. And I, maybe that's true for anybody on the internet. But, jeez... I mean, people still defend Kanye at this point. I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, his music, one thing, but his politics, yikes. Uh, but it, it's just been rough. The last thing I saw on television before all this shit happened was Trevor Noah's last episode of The Daily Show. Uh, Trevor Noah's uh, the final episode of the, of the Daily Show last Thursday, and I had planned out I wanted to talk about The Daily Show and Trevor Noah and thought, well, that was good. You know, I'm glad Trevor Noah is going to go do stand-up comedy. It's what he loves to do. And then review the final episode, and it was all your best of moments. Here's Jordan Klepper. Here's Dolce. And it's all this, this same kind of joke. And then I realized something. The next host of The Daily Show is a guest host. They didn't pick out their host. They're doing the Jeopardy thing. And that's going to bite them in the ass. Because no one wants to watch a show with guest hosts constantly until they pick something out for the next fall month. And this is Paramount Plus. They really needed to do screen tests probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, last year, of who would be the person before Trevor Noah. And if Trevor Noah gave his announcement, hey, I'm leaving, and they had like a month to figure this shit out, they could have had a month of screen testing people, get Jordan Klepper, get Ray Wood to be in the desk and just test things out and just test with the headlines or test with an interview. But instead, we're getting guest hosts. And I, I know that's not really going to work because if it's one thing I've learned about the guest host spot is no one's going to be happy once you figure out who it's going to be. You're going to lose audiences. It, it's just... 
not a smart idea. Now, that being said, I think Trevor Noah's speech was very heartfelt, and it kind of sucks in the middle of all the chaos that's going on right now. He's leaving. But at the same time, that was really kind of weird to see all the thank you videos with, like, Hillary and Kamala and just, like... I, it's Trevor Noah. He, he did a White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, that was fun. But did anyone do this for Hassan Minaj with Patriot Act? Like, what's... Well, no. <laughs> I would have made the video and jokingly said goodnight to John Oliver. Also, there was no John Stewart in, in the video, which I was kind of surprised by. I was expecting John Stewart to make, like, one final guest appearance. But I, it's not... It's not my late night show, is it? Uh, so that was interesting. Then the internet just shut off and everything. Uh, so it was, it goes back and forth. Uh, and you know, no TV, no internet. It felt like you're, you know, like when you, when you see these shitty reality shows, they, it's no TV, no internet, no contact from the outside world. That was me for like four days. And I don't know if you know this, but usually on those reality shows, it's you're kind of with like people and they're kind of there because they don't want you leaking out information about the show. Uh, leak out your standing in the contest. Uh, and if it's like Big Brother, you don't want to just talk current affairs, which would actually make the show a thousand times better in my mind. You could have people yell about politics. That would be a much better Big Brother show. Uh, but no, when you see this rally shows with no internet, no, it's usually like you're, it's for the production side of things. So your focus is on the game when you don't have a game to play <laughs> and it's a weekend and the only person in your house is your sick as hell mom and she is having panic attacks and anxiety, you're, you're going to go a little crazy. <laughs> And that's not makes for fun anything. It made me very sleepy. I was sleep deprived. This shit sucks and I don't care for it. But you know what is fun, though, is I was trying to do mobile YouTube because for some bizarre reason, even though the Internet was out and the maintenance had to show up, which, by the way, thank you to the fine folks uh, over at Spectrum Internet for being such great uh, maintenance people, but having really bad tech support. When somebody says, hey, my signal is out and the technician isn't really going to help out, it's a maintenance issue, maybe, maybe we should listen. It's, it's sort of like, um, it's sort of weird to, to kind of like, hey, if everyone knows this but the company, eh. But also shouts to Verizon uh, for using the hotspot technology. The internet's not the best, but uh, when I charged it up, I did get to watch a bit of YouTube. Uh, you couldn't, I couldn't watch many HBO Max shows because apparently uh, that was going to knock out my data. And I have unlimited data, which makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever that I had to watch things with Wi-Fi enabled instead of my mobile cellular data, which is unlimited I get unlimited data I paid for the max tier why because I'm on my phone constantly I play games on the phone 
I played Wordle on the Thursday with the with the New York Times strike. Should not have said that out loud. Damn it. Anyway, uh, so it is a case of I, what do you? I I have nothing to talk about this week. I did get to watch Barmageddon. I got to play a bit of video games. My little limited amount of video games is, by the way, Fall Guys that's on YouTube. Uh, my weird new project, if you call it that, is currently playing Fall Guys every day and uploading it to YouTube. It's a one and done, which means I'm only playing one game per day. Of course, I can play more when it's not recorded, but the one game a day, chat with you guys, and have fun with it. Of course, I don't think that's going to last. We're test, we're doing test runs on it right now. I want to know what's like the best time to play it, best time to record. Obviously, it's when I get the chance, but it's been just very, very weird, very frustrating, uh, to say the least. Uh, but I've also been playing Rocket League, too. Um, the Rocket League before the internet went out, and then... Uh, my internet's back right now, yay, and I'm playing Rocket League again, and that, it's great. I really enjoy Rocket League. Uh, the last thing I want to chat about is this whole Game Awards. Now, I'm doing Game of the Year next week. It's a top ten list, and then I'll probably talk about uh, my worst games and the games I didn't really care for in the Patreon version of this. But... Uh, it's just been very, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, weird? No. Um, it's the Game Awards. I like video games. I think video games are great. And I think every year there's a ton of video games now. I think that growth continues year after year. I know a lot of people will say, well, what's the best year in video games? And they'll put out something like when the PS2 launched, or Dreamcast, or 2016. Uh, it's like when, when this game came out, and this game, it's like four or five different big AAA or indie games. But I think like when it comes to video games, they're all subjective, right? And when we were in the 90s, 2000s, even early 2010s, we had internet, like, game reviewers, right? And they would talk about games. Some of them uh, would have weird opinions on games. Hi, hi Tommy Tallarico. And others would make it their whole obsession of what is a good game review, like Jeff Gersman. And it's kind of becoming the way of the dodo. No one cares about game reviews anymore. It's all about content creation. What up, fam? Let's play this. And it's not to say, like, that gets rid of, you know let's make fun of bad games or let's, you know, talk about good games. I think that's still always going to be there, but you have to redesign that format. And when it comes to video game awards, it's always a popularity contest. It's always a populist contest, these game awards. Rather, it's gamer vote or it is people within the industry. It's always popularity. It always is. Same with movies, TV shows, you name it, Golden Globes, Oscars, Emmys. It's all a popularity contest of who can get the most votes. That's always how it is, how they get the nominations for your consideration, etc. 
So when it comes to the Game Awards, Elden Ring wins, and that's good. I could see why. You know, the uh, people give little notes out, the hard bosses, the communication, the sense of community in this Dark Souls-like game. Yes, makes sense. Um, however, Vampire Survivors never got nominated, and that was an indie title. Arcade Paradise didn't get nominated. Atari 50 didn't get nominated. And we could just keep going with any of your favorite little baby games. I mean, baby games in the sense of like smaller independent studios. It's really, there's all hundreds and hundreds of games out there. And I personally feel the best thing about social media is everybody's tastes are unique and now more than ever you can see everyone's flavor of games maybe they love horror games maybe they love open world games maybe love free-to-play games maybe they just play fortnite but it's great that there's a growth in the gaming industry but the game awards i don't watch for what's the best uh dramatic performance in a video game no, I don't watch it for a holy shit moment fueled by Mountain Dew, esports athlete of the year, content creator of the year, which is just by the way, trending gamer. You're just renaming it. It's just the trending gamer award. Remember, it went to PewDiePie, then he had the heated gamer moment, then it went to Boogie, and he did the Charlottesville, there's good people on both sides of this debate. Remember that? And it just grows. So it's content creation is just weird. And I think it's gaming is subjective. I played a lot more indie games this year than probably any other year. And I love the fact that so many of these uh, places, because games take time to make. And these little studios, mom and pop kind of places, small teams of anywhere between one person to maybe even like a hundred, and it's that still small, a hundred. Make a cute little game based off a nice story, and it has beginning, middle, and end, and you're done after like seven hours. I love that. They all don't have to be 40-hour epics, as it were. They, they could be just very small, simplistic, fun games. They made a McPixel 3. They made a Goat Simulator three well they're both just the sequels and they're number two but you you know what i'm talking about and i love the fact that there's so many games out there to play and your choices are unlimited at this point but the reason i watch the game awards is mostly just trailers it's the commercials it's the commercials that get you the pre-order the game which means you're suckers because you're pre-ordering a game that's half finished and will probably be disappointing once you play it but it's good knowing there's a Hades 2 out there and a Death Stranding 2 in the works. That, hey, you know, the, these games might be fun. And then what happens is you get like this, what is this, like Sam Hyde kind of character going up on stage, wearing Yeezys, and then talking about Bill Clinton being an, a rabbi, probably to please his eight coon friends or his uh does, does kiwi farm still exist which one of these like shitty hate group websites do you think the guy goes to you think he goes to the reddit you think he's a redditor <laughs> and that was like the quickest milkshake duck where it's like oh look how funny the guy is and oh he's just being silly weird about bill Clinton. he's a kid 
Oh, he was on Infowars and said shitty things. Oh, oh, he has private messages and he says really shitty things. Oh, oh boy. That's the internet in a nutshell. It's people doing dumb shit to try and get recognition and then it bites them in the ass when they realize, oh, wait, that guy sucks because he has really shitty thoughts about people who may not look a certain way, act a certain way, or think a certain way. And I don't mean that in terms of, well, you're silencing conservative voices, but no, I mean like actual people, like Jews, gays, transgender, non-binary people. These are people who, uh, let's just say, get hate groups going after them. And by hate groups, I mean hate like crimes happened to them. That why do you think there was a whole Black Lives Matter protest going on? I'll give you a hint. It's not. It has nothing to do with uh, taste and coffee. It has everything to do with skin color and uh, racial prejudice in uh, criminal law. So it's it's one of those things where. We the internet is just more and more. I would hate to say despicable. I would say it's now more like refined despicable, where it's accepted that you can be a piece of shit online because it's the internet, and it's also more and more maybe don't put the dumb shit on the internet because hey, you could actually get in trouble in legal systems now for what you post. Uh, it's fun. I think it's all fun. And I think the Twitter is going under constantly and it's Elon Musk's fault. And that's great. I think Elon Musk should shut down the fucking website and lose his millions and billions of dollars. And the only person I feel bad for is Diddy. Because Diddy's, I think, threw a million his way. Uh, also, uh, the Saudi prince, Mohammed bin Salman, also donated. That's also great. Just make them all lose money off this really shitty business structure. Because it's the worst business you could think of. You might as well have had the last name Bankman Freed. Or, or was it Bankman Fried? Bankman Fried, yeah. No, um, yeah, so, so... Constantly, I, I'm just thinking how the internet is just a fuel for uh, desperation in the world. And how we're all on the internet now, right? We all have a podcast. We all have a YouTube. We all do that, like, I don't feel like I matter that much in the grand scheme of things. I feel like Game of the Year Awards, It we should celebrate gaming, but I don't think this is the way to do it. And I think... When we look at Game Awards, it's going to be what's the popular AAA title most of the time. It's going to be the big AAA title wins. And it's just eh, not worth it. I like to know what your favorite games are. I like like what my friends played this year. Do they remember what they played in March and April? Because it seems nobody does. Remember April, May, you were all excited about a DC, was a Warner Brothers fighter, a fighting game where he plays LeBron James and Bugs Bunny and Scooby-Doo. Remember that shit? Remember you're all like that? 
none of it fucking matters anymore. You guys forgot about that shit. You guys uh, were really excited about like a SpongeBob game announced at E3, and like all of a sudden you forgot about it, didn't you? Didn't you? Hey, remember when we all were laughing at the Mr. Beast videos about like Squid Games in real life, and then he so then it is Squid Games in real life. Hey, what if we did more Squid Games? Fun? Right? Right? Fun? Hilarious. So it's it's a real case of the, the games that are expansive. Like movies, not everyone has seen every game. Not everyone's seen every movie. And I like the fact that people's choices change. I don't really have fondness for game content these days. I uh, tried to watch Rooster Teeth and it's like, it's a group of people having fun. It's just like the sidemen group of people having fun. It's the... I mean, I understand why. It's a group of people having fun, right? That's why I like G4. Group of people having fun. Um, It's... But the Rooster Teeth content was just... Ugh. And then to make matters worse, Giant Bomb... I I think this is the time. Do I pull the trigger here? I think I've said this before, haven't I? Giant Palm's content sucks. It's not good. It's it's terrible. And partially, I'm going to blame Jeff Gersman on this. Partially, I'm just going to blame the current holding company. When Giant Bomb was Whiskey Media, and it was like an independent thing... Obviously, it's very expensive. I understand Jeff's frustration, so I'm not going to like get angry at him or upset about that because it's just a business, and you have a responsibility. Uh, Jeff sold it to CBS, which is very funny because that means that CBS, the place that fired him at GameSpot, now hired Giant Bomb. It works, right? That's It's fine, and that's good. And then... Eventually, over time, it kind of eroded in a way, probably because internet content has gotten more and more diluted. And more and more diluted means less revenue because less viewership. Do not get discouraged if you were suddenly a 100,000 viewer YouTube channel and now suddenly you're only pulling 40,000. That's just dilution. And you're not the only game in town anymore, but don't give up, all right? Yes, your money's going to go down now, and that fucking sucks. You feel free to yell that out to the high heavens. Um, but once it went to Red Ventures, it, I don't, and it went to work from home, right? It didn't feel right to me. It, it felt like the next Lander people, which is Alex and, and Brad and Vinny, uh, they're not there anymore. But they, those were like my, some of my favorite people. And Jeff Gersman eventually now is doing his own thing. So because he was about to get fired from this place. Why did he almost get fired at Giant Bomb, the place he helped create over 10 years ago with Ryan Davis and a whole bunch of other great GameSpot people? And then it hit me. It's because everything's been corporation. It's the corporation trying to get their hands on a corporate, like, get their hands on a little IP. And the Giant Bomb IP, because that was a little blip of gaming content. 
But what is Giant Bomb content these days is not what it was even f four years ago, five years ago. Because the, the premium access, which is the pull the trigger. I used to be a premium member of Giant Bomb. I love the yearly memberships. Great content. There's Unprofessional Fridays. There was uh, This Ain't No Game like bonus content. There was podcasts like Film in 40s. You had uh, things that were like premium game content like uh, Mario Party Party. And you had other great content like um, Vinnyvania. And it was always like let's play little things mixed with like like really fun like end of the week. Let's relax and play games and chat sort of thing. You had bonus podcasts constantly. You had like a midweek thing. Like Dan Riker, when it was Giant Bomb East, had a Donkey Kong game, Burgle My Bananas. And they had a, a Mario Sunshine game where they would try to get shine, steal my sunshine. That was what it was called. And those were really clever games and they were in person and felt normal. I'm watching Giant Bomb now and it's podcasts it might as well have been g4 because at the closing end of g4 was podcasts here is the back feed here is the movie podcast here is x play which is just a podcast it's <laughs> it, it it has been diluted and when i think giant bomb i kind of think yes personality driven but I kind of think it more in the span of like little like quick looks where like 10 to 15 minutes of a game. Let's talk about this game real quick. Buy it now or not. And it was like a quick review. Right. And they, they barely do those. And if they do, you, it's hard to fucking find it on YouTube. You can't watch a fucking giant bomb quick look on YouTube anymore. I, hey, how is Atari 50? Well, you can't just say Atari 50 quick look. You have to be like, is this the most insane game yet? One of those kind of shitty attention grabbing headlines, which is making it even more difficult to grab a fucking headline, which means you can't fucking find what game you're looking for. And don't get me started on Zoom call. I understand work from home. Necessary. I still think it's necessary. We're in a pandemic. Work from home is very cheap. But by getting rid of the studio and now having everybody be a Zoom call like Nextlander does, there is no sense of you can't do couch co-op games. It's you can't play couch co-op, which is one of my favorite parts of Giant Bomb when they would play things like Mount Your Friends or when they would play Mario Party in person. When they tried to do Mario Party on the extra live stream currently, like this year during charity, it was just it felt flat. And I don't know if it's the fact that it's like new hires. It's Jeff Grubb and it's Jess and Dan and the chemistry doesn't work. Or it's the fact that it's just playing through an emulator and not the cartridge that just doesn't sit well with me. It feels like they have not gone far into the silliness as far as they want to go into cheap viral. You might as well do one chip challenges. You might as well do tortilla slaps. You might as well be doing TikTok videos where you do weird dances and try to mouth the words to uh, one of the hot new K-pop titles. But 
It's just not good. And I got so disappointed over the course of the last few months with the direction Giant Bomb took place. And I don't think Dan cares that much, even though I think he's now the editor-in-chief. He's the Gersman position. Because Fire Escape is his baby, and he would rather make Fire Escape the fun little brand. And Jeff Bacalar, he's okay, but I think he has two different personas from what I'm hearing. On camera, he's the cool guy, what up? But then when you're like listening to Al Bummer, where it is just people heckling really weird albums, it's, and it was one of my favorite things. Of all the podcasts that Giant Bomb did, for some bizarre reason, the comedy music podcast was my favorite, probably because it's from the Two Minutes to Late Night gang, and they're one of the best uh, funny comedy groups out there in New York. And it was, it's the last episode was their last episode. Like they got canceled, and they spent a good chunk of it just roasting Jeff Bacalar. And it wasn't like the like the oh he'll take a joke. No, it felt like oh he sucks kind of thing and i was like huh is there like an ulterior motive here like i don't know about hmm i mean they did fire jeff i mean it would it seems like they are wasting their money right now on podcasting and arcade pit and all these other contents that were available years ago on youtube arcade pit was a thing on something awful let's play forum remember let's play forum that was the place of red Supray. That was the place that Let's Plays got their start. Slow Beef, Diabetes, all that good shit. Proton John, right? And and now it has been lo located to go on this gaming website, Giant Bomb. But if you have premium access, you know, when you have premium, you get access to bonus content. And that bonus content is ad-free podcast. That's it. I'm not fucking kidding with you. Ad free, that's it. No more Unprofessional Friday. That's now a free version you can watch on YouTube. So there is no paywalled real, there's no paywalled content anymore in this company. So the only reason you would pay money is for an ad free service for a podcast. Meanwhile, if you throw five bucks to Nextlander, they have a watch along thing, they have a, a gameplay thing. Jeff Gersman for five bucks, yes, you get ad free, but there's the Jeff Gersman Hall of Fame. For 10 bucks, which is about almost the same price as the Giant Bomb Premium, you get one of the best podcasts out there currently, Game Boys to Men. So I will now pivot to the thing I do like right now. Yes, Giant Bomb is not good. I have unsubscribed. I am just burnt out on this, and it makes me rethink the gaming industry in general, especially with the Game Awards and people having to make think pieces about how people look. I think that's all. I know it's a funny joke because gaming shirt with blazer is outdated look. Get more drip. But these are gamers. They're not really wanting to be in the public face that often. I think just get rid of the award show in general uh, is, is more of the matter and have these people come up with a better look whenever they have like a Facebook thing or like an Instagram wedding. I don't fucking care. The Game Awards is just a shitty uh, celebration in games. But Jeff Keighley is more of like a host for an E3 or Summer Games Fest sort of situation. Anyway, uh, summer, uh, speaking of game journalism, Game Boys to Men on Jeff Gerstmann's uh, Patreon. Go to uh, dopeassvideogames.com for more information. 
so uh, it is it's hosted by Jeff Gersman and Glenn Rubenstein. And I think it's the best podcast because it's a true crime podcast, but also a gaming podcast, but also a walk through memory lane. And some of the uh, anecdotes have been repeated a few times, but it is a really good recap of the gaming industry and how Jeff Gersman got his start in gaming, how Glenn Rubinstein got his start in gaming. And what happens? What is the real story of what game journalism was back in the 90s? So it's things like having to convince their parents because they're less than eight, they're almost 18 years old to go to Las Vegas to CES or a story of one of their editors uh, throwing all their money on a pen at the airport and having no money for the rest of the of the week at CES and having to bum off other people's food. And then Jeff Kersman trying to start a music career in the process. Glenn Rubenstein uh, trying to figure out where he belongs, if it's really gaming or if it's other things uh, like music or uh, if it wants to be tech, which funny enough, he later hangs out with Leo Laporte this week in tech and he later goes on to do ad reads for podcasting. So he kind of gets to do a lot of cool shit. Um, so it becomes this great story of basically just how things have progressed far from where it was in 1993, when things like Sega was still fighting against Nintendo during the console wars. Remember that? With, oh, we have the Sega Genesis, we're better than Super Nintendo. And then the start of PC gaming as we know it with Doom and Myst and all that. And it's a there's great anecdotes about Myst, for instance. And it's a great chat with two friends who are kind of recapping what they remember about these certain events in both their lives and in gaming. And what makes it so important? And I think that's one of the best ways to spend 10 bucks. Uh, it really could be its own season-long epic. Uh, it is full of stories where Jeff Gersman gets vividly upset by Glenn Rubenstein's shenanigans, and then Glenn Rubenstein having really good pranks, and then admits, I was a piece of shit, I was an asshole, this was a different time. <laughs> And it's lovely good. It is fantastic. And I say give it, this is before GameSpot launches. So it's really, really like EGM Game Pro era gaming. Even before that, like even before the Ziff Day, even though it's right around Ziff Davis era, that, that becomes a thing. Uh, also, Ziff Davis laid off people at IGN this week and that fucking sucks too. Back to the, the gaming news, that, that happened. I saw the people at IGN got laid off. This is continuing to happen every time in the gaming world. And I'm getting tired of a lot of this. So when you are talking video games, right? Like I think the, the highlight, the pe the best, if we're gonna go in the, currently, Game Boys to Men is really, really good. One of the best storytelling podcasts out there. If we're gonna go worse, whatever the fuck Giant Bomb is right now. Cause it, it just reminds me of like, just an like a, a podcast where like a podcast network of like a seed tier, like they couldn't get Gimlet Media, they couldn't get Forever Dog, but you got Giant Bomb. And now it's like just the people in the in the, the, the pay grade by uh by fandom instead of like what they have now. 
Uh, which is kind of sad, right? Because I think, because I have people who work at Fandom, and they're really nice. Get that bread. <laughs> but it, it's, it just seems like the gaming industry, at least that I know it, doesn't exist. I, I, when I was in high school, I was writing independently on a Screw Attack knockoff. I, uh, I participated in a lot of articles for Destructoid. Uh, Destructoid was really nice to me, like, uh, as far as trying to get my gaming, uh, getting across. When I was doing my documentary, they were very helpful with getting sources. And it's been kind of a, like, does any of this matter anymore? Like, I would love to go back to websites, but everything is app-based social media. And going on Chrome on your phone is more important than... Uh, what you're or Safari, sorry for your iPhone users, Safari. Uh, <laughs> that it's it, it's 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 where is gaming going? And the focus is Twitch, right? And Twitch has so many good gamers, and a lot of these people went on worked at G Four. A lot of these people have YouTube things, and I I don't know where gaming is going to head, but it just feels like. When we're watching people play games, that let's go. Thanks for the hundred bits. Uh, smash that like button. Thanks for the free sub. All that kind of stuff. And I, it's just why the fuck is there chess boxing on Twitch? Why the f I don't. I got fucking ads for that all week. Hey, Ludwig is playing chess boxing. If I didn't fucking watch G4's name your price, I would not know who the fuck Ludwig was. I don't know who any of these people are. And maybe it's because I'm an out of touch gamer, or maybe it's just the fact that most of my time is spending game shows more than Twitch communities. So it's like, who's cutie Cinderella and why should I care? Who, Pokimane? I mean, yeah, woo, it's like Pokemon. And that's probably her last name or something, or Gucci Mane, all right? Like that's gonna be a Gucci Mane parody. It's, it's all these, and, and they're pushing chess boxing, which is like a German Netherlands sport, like from like 20 years ago, that I only recall reading about because Stefan Robb, about 20 years ago, did like a documentary on his little TV show, TV Total, about chess boxing and how wacky that sport is. And then he played it for once, and then because of chess boxing, he wanted to create the game show Schlagt and Rob, which was the creation of this weird game show where you had to play 15 different games across four and a half hours uh, to try and win a million euros. And if you didn't win it, it grows up, blah, 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 blah. Did, we're just like, what, three steps removed from just everyone just doing Schlagd and Rob now? Like, is that we're going to be a new thing? Is we're going to have a Twitch stream where it's like six hours of this never-ending game show? Because if so, hey, it's not a new idea. I've seen it on TV 15 years ago. You're just going to have, instead of uh, uh, Rob from Eurovision Rob, you're going to have... Uh, you're gonna have like some content creator, right? Like beat Doctor Disrespect, right? Like that's gonna be what we're gonna see now. <laughs> Get your GoPros in the bathroom ready. Um, it's it's a case of I I maybe I like Austin show is gonna land a plane, and the gimmick is he only knew from playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, okay. I mean, that mean, that might be a fun little stream. Uh, hope the plane crashes on a freeway. Uh, 
You're not hitting anybody. Uh, there is, like, oh, maybe it's just, like, anything that's not gaming is weird. But then again, like, things like GeForce Attack of the Show is on there, and that's not even, like, a gaming thing, except for the little shitty stunt. Uh, actually, the games were okay. It was, like, Pictionary with VR. That's kind of cool. Um, but... I, when I thought Twitch was like you play video games, right? And you would chat about games and you're with the community. That's entertainment now. That's live entertainment. And that's the future of content creation. If it's not that, it's what you see on Instagram Live or TikTok or uh, YouTube. There's lots of great live streaming on YouTube, for instance. A lot of people I watch uh, do like uh, tours of Disneyland or Disney World at night. And I just watch those for a few hours. Uh, just this background noise, because it's like a nice green screen, like a nice little wallpaper. I love it. Um, but it's... I don't know what content creation is. When we see things like the Funkland talking about the Disney Channel theme, and that gets talked about, but then quickly forgotten, that kind of worries me, because he busted his ass for over a year making that video. And the only thing I do is joke about his upcoming Deal or No Deal video next November. And you see things like Roblox Oof with Tommy Tallarico's expose. Well, it's going to come of that. We don't know. It's going to be in your mind for a bit. And then you're going to get your, hey, did you see this video yet? And that's it. That's all you can pull for. But it's not the weekly uh, videos that you used to remember. It's definitely... Uh, not podcasting, which can be done daily, weekly, whatever. And it's, it just feels like content creation. I'm not, maybe it's my brain right now in a sleep deprived state. I think gaming content and content creation in general, yes, it's oversaturated. There's so much content. I'm one of those for now. I'm thinking, why bother? <laughs> um, but it's a case of, there is not enough good content. And if it is good, like what I mean, good, I mean, like put so much effort in, it gets buried or it becomes the thing like the Mr. Beast kind of videos, you know, the we're going to play hide and seek for $25,000. And it's like, hey, before we go to this raid shadow legends and that, that, that font and the sound packs and. It's it's not to dismiss it's bright and colorful, but it's I kind of like it when it looks like a crew put work into a set and they put work into uh, rules. They've play tested the thing and there is like a sense that, hey, there is actually like breakpoints, right? And instead, it feels like the even on this on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, the coming up and they already show like the stunt about to happen or, hey, here's the wacky song that this guy's going to sing to us. And you're just like, oh, God, they're fucking doing the hey, stay tuned and they're spoiling what lies ahead. I hate that in game shows. I hate that in TV shows like Fallon and they're doing that in videos. And I understand it's like the idea is that you do that in like the first six seconds or five seconds because out of context, you're like, what's going on? What? That's weird. Because that's the first thing you see when you click the video. That's what every social media person tells you. If you do the social media, YouTube algorithm bullshit thing, the first thing you see should be like the best moment of the video in your mind 
or something so weird that it gets people talking enough to keep watching to see what happens. And like, that's, it's sort of like weird because I just want kind of like the, hey, here's the video. This is what it's about. But hey, um, I'll take the weird out of process thing versus a, hey guys, what's up? I'm doing this and we're doing this. Instead of doing the, hey guys, we're, we're showing like yelly, screaming, loud chaos. And that's okay, I guess, but it's not the content I kind of want to watch. And maybe I'm, I may have just becoming that old timey millennial. Now I'm an older millennial, elder statesman millennial. Uh, but I, I just kind of want things to just be more, maybe I like my comedy. <laughs> this is just my subjective thought. I like my comedy be more neutral. I like it to feel like nothing wacky happens and then the wacky things happen and it stands out. Or like the rule of threes, you know, like you the one is normal, number two is normal, and then number three is weird. And somebody who just kind of chopped off the first two, oh, just go weird. Weird is funny and sooner or later you're gonna end up with pregnant Elsa Spider-Man videos. And we're not in the market for the pregnant Elsa Spider-Man videos. I'm in the market to basically talk about game shows, movies, and TV shows, and have them written down, because I'm, I'm a fucking writer, and I can't fucking write these things. And that's what pisses me off, that's what frustrates me, because I know I could do it, but things like this week happened, and then I just get venty and frustrated and sad. <sighs> oh well. Anyway, uh, I guess that will that'll be it for a little bit. I will... See you guys next week for Game of the Year if this is my last podcast for a while. Thanks for listening. Check me on social media. I don't know anymore which social media we go to. But thanks for listening. And I will hopefully come back soon. Gotta get some cigarettes. And this concludes the free version of this podcast. For the full version featuring more game show reviews and more rambling bullshit, I guess, this week, head on over to patreon.com slash jordanhaas for now and uh, watch the videos or have some fun. I, I don't know anymore, but, but hey, it's here. See you soon. See you soon.